podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for the post-match pint in association with Purity Ale. If you use the code hashtag VillaView, you'll get 10% off everything Purity have to offer, including their newly designed Villa cans, which I've got a few in my fridge. They're very, very nice and I'm really enjoying them. So if you want some Villa beer, some Villa Ale, go and check out Purity's Good Store and get yourself 10% off. I'm joined by Omar to discuss Leeds United nil, Aston Villa nil. A real thrill ride after the after the actual thrill ride that was the Manchester Derby, Omar, and frustrating for Villa, probably in a different way to, to some of the other games. I don't think we were actually that bad in the second half when Leeds went down to 10 men, but it was really lacking a, a cutting edge. And for all the chances Villa had and all the ball they had, I never really felt like we were going to score. Yeah, it's a similar, similar story, isn't it, to... Um... What we've seen against 10 men for a while now, I think apart from the Sheffield United game, which was obviously the first game during the COVID season, um, when Martinez saved that pen and Conza scored the winner, I don't think we've beaten 10 men. Um, it's or, been a constant struggle, hasn't it? It happened a few struggle. times under Smith. So it's not just a Gerrard thing, So, but it, it was evident when the second half where we had we just had no idea. Well, well, we'll come on to the second half and what I think we should have done and what we could have done to try and force ourselves and impose us in that game. But I, I agree with you. I tweeted at half-time. I thought we weren't that bad. I thought we did pretty well. But I suppose looking back on it, I think it was probably my low expectations following the Southampton game in terms of how we played that game. And um, I thought the tactics were not spot on, but I thought it was the right approach in terms of we knew Leeds were going to be up for it. Uh, we know they're a pressing side. They play 100 miles an hour. Um, we knew it was going to be... Uh, a difficult game from that from that respect. So we try to keep it tight and um, you know keep it quiet, keep the crowd quiet and frustrate them, which I, I, I kind of understand um, the wider point of whether we as Aston Villa, given the amount of money we've spent, should be doing that is uh, is another question. But I, I, I sort of got it, and I, I think we created decent openings in the first half, not loads, but I think three or four you know openings. You know, I think Ollie Watkins uh, through ball by Ashley Young in particular. I think that was. That was the key key moment for me, really. I think even more so than the second half chance that he had. I think that was the chance. And uh, I know he's got a finishing coach, but uh, I sometimes do wonder, you know, are they teaching him how to dink it over? Because he always tends to go hard and low. And, and you know, that, that is exactly where mo- how most keepers sort of try and save the ball, sort of spread themselves out, don't they? Especially Melier. Um And yeah, I think he it made it easier for the keeper. I think if he tries to dink it over... A bit like what Archer does, and what we've seen him do time and time again. You know that sort of dink; it makes it a lot harder for keeper. So, I think that was the, that was the, probably the key moment. And then other moments in the first half, I thought you know uh, Bailey put in a good cross, and Watkins takes it away from again. Bailey again shot with his right foot. Um, to be honest, he probably looked better with his right foot than his left foot in, in that game. Um, straight at the keeper, and then Ramsey at the end as well. Not many people have spoken about it, but right at the end of the first half, I think you know he does well to good ball by McGinn. And he does well to sort of cushion it down. And, uh, you know, he couldn't just quite get a foot on it. And he gets a foot on it, I think he goes in. Um, and he just didn't have the, quite have the composure. So there were moments in the first half. And I think we were probably the better team, apart from Rodrigo's ch- chance, which, you know, Conza sort of 
just sat there and you know gave him an open invitation to to have a shot. But I thought I thought there were moments in the first half. And I thought we were okay. I got absolutely lambasted for saying that. Uh, no, I think you probably I thought we played right. well. But... The way you've just spoke about it, I mean, you're away. Leeds yeah. isn't an easy place to go. I didn't like some of the stuff that, Ger- that Gerard said in his post match, but I kind of understand him saying about there's a plan to try and frustrate them because if you do that, the crowd will get on their back. So I understand where he's coming from from that. And we we did have openings and actually nil nil at, nil nil at half time. Yeah, so it wasn't a thrill ride. I didn't think it was too, too bad. I've certainly seen us play worse recently yeah. in, in first half of away games. And when you've lost every single away game as well, you know, nil-nil leads at halftime wasn't a, a terrible result. But I guess it's the second half that will frustrate people because you have played an entire half against 10 men. And although you've had 19 shots mm. throughout the game, like you said, like I said at the start, I never really felt like we were going to score. I never, never quite felt like, like we had the nous. The Watkins chances, I don't know whether I'm being kind, I didn't think any of them were were gimmies. I thought you know Melier was out quick for 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 a lot of them. Maybe maybe one he could could I felt he could have done better with. But you know I don't think it was like he was out there missing absolute sitters and he did work himself the angle a, co- a couple of times. I, I do think some of the criticism of him is a little bit harsh, to be fair. But I guess if the Coutinho one off the post straight after they've gone down to ten men goes mm. in, that that was the one where I thought Watkins was off for. He, he, I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know why he's gone with his right foot. But but if that goes in, you know, it is a completely different game. So, all yeah. in all, it's just frustration, isn't it? That, that's yeah, where we're all is. at the moment with Villa every single week. Even when we won 1-0 last week, there's still frustrations. And just every time we watch a Steve and Gerrard Villa side, I guess we're frustrated at the moment. Ultimately, in football, it's about moments, isn't it? And, um, you know, you, you score, Coutinho scores that goal, um, you know, hits it inside of post, goes in. We're, we're, we're talking completely different about the game. We're talking about how we've done well against Leeds, going away from home and we've frustrated them and we've created chances and openings, we won the game. Um, it's one of those, but if we draw the game, then obviously it's frustrating. But I think the key thing for me really is, you know, we're just, we're so, and we've said this so many times, I hate to go over old ground, but it's so true. We're, we're still relying so much on individual moments. Yeah, it's too off the cuff. It's too off the cuff. There's no plan. You know, uh, I, you know. obviously we're missing our attacking fullback, so I, yeah, I appreciate that, but the fact that we the only the only attacking substitution we made is the eighty second minute it's 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 baffling to me. Um, taking Bailey off, I know Bailey wasn't fantastic, but he had just a few moments before put in an excellent cross with his right foot to Coutinho to hit the post. And you know when you're playing against ten men, you need to stretch the pitch out wide. And we're relying on that whole second half on Konza as as our right back as our main outlet really to to create something and offer us with. And you know Konza. Again, played well defensively, and you know he tried his best in the right, in the right back, right wing back position, really. But you know that is the the key moment, really, where you just need to keep Bailey on the pitch and let him stretch the pitch and let him get on one on one. And and you know key key game there, key moment after the man gets sent off to bring Bandir in and play him as number eight. You know that, that is that is the moment if you're going to play Bandir. You know we've talked about it before. I've always been a bit hesitant, but if you're what if you're playing against well, yeah. ten men, that is the you know that's he's basically playing number eight anyway. You know Go four two of, three one. Yeah, exactly. It makes, you know, take Ramsey off, take McGinn off. I don't care. You know, take one of them off, sacrifice one of their players, midfield players and try and win the game. And again, it shows you the cautious approach and, um, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I kind of get it, you know, going there to frustrate Leeds, you know, they're, you know, they're, they are a good side on song at home, especially, but at the end of the day, we've got s- such a better squad than them. We've spent so much money. We've got the attacking talent that we've talked about before. That's really the wrong mentality to go in, and, and it's a really frustrating mentality. Considering where we've been under Dino, 
And you know, for all his faults, Dino always had a positive uh, attitude towards games. I think he always, more often than not, there were a few exceptions, sure, but more often than not, he went in with the game, trying to win the game. And I think we went in there to try and draw the game. And the fact that, you know, at that, at that moment in time, we didn't take one of the, midfield, one of the midfielders off and, and try and get Bodir as an eight and try and create more chances, bring in Ings on earlier. Um, Archer will come on to in, in a second, obviously, Gerald's post-match comments. But that is the frustrating thing for me. I think we, we saw a wrestler on Lawrence. And, and again, the reaction, you know, Oli misses that chance. You know, it wasn't an easy chance that second half, you know. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, those, those moments, those... Um, you know, especially that first half chance. I think that was probably an easier chance. Those moments cost you games. You, that's when you know you need a good striker to finish that chance, and that wins you games. And it can get you an extra sort of eight, nine points a season. But you know, the Gerard's reaction at the end, the second half when he misses that chance, says it all for me. You know, he's out of nothing. Bundes flicked the ball over, and Watkins is you know gone. Is is dragged. Is touches took it, taking him wide. But I don't think he could have done much else. And it was sort of a half a chance of that angle with the keeper coming out. And Jorah's like, oh my God, what can, more can I do? You know, what, what, you know, it's like, like he's come up with this master plan. And, and that is a frustrating thing for me. It's like looking at the reaction. I was like, yeah, again, he's relying on these moments thinking, well, my players aren't good enough. And he sort of said it at the end, at the end as well, you know, he's talking about, you know, we needed better quality and, you know, we needed to, to be, to be, you know, to be more ruthless in that, in that final third. And, and he says the same thing over and over again. And, Apart from this game, we did create chances. You know, we had the XG of near two two goals, which I, which is pretty high. Apart from this game, most games we don't create that many chances. So again, I don't think you can point to you know we're, we're lacking quality. I think we're just not creating enough, and we're not. It's obvious to me. We've said it before. We're not working on patterns of play in the final third and how yeah, that's my biggest grievance with Villa at the moment. I can I understand the wanting to solidify in defence, because especially away from home, we were way too open. The Crystal Palace game was embarrassing at times, the way they yeah. were cut through the, the middle of us, even Bournemouth to, to an extent, you know, we were way too open, too easy to play through. He's had to do something about that and he's done it, you know, one goal conceded in three games. You applaud the defence for that and you, you say, fine, that they've had to do something there and, it, and what they've done defensively, it has worked. Now that will always come at a cost attacking wise. That, that that's a given. It's always going to going to cost you going forward. If you try and solid things up, you're not going to be quite as good going forward. Not that we were brilliant anyway. But it is those patterns of playing, feeling like they've worked on something and building those relationships going forward. That's my biggest grievance at the moment. Now the off the cuff phrase that I'm using, I've not come up with that phrase myself. I've spoke to a couple of ex players, and they've hmm. all they've all used that term. Yeah, it's too it's too off the cuff. And this is what we used to say about Steve Bruce. Now, you could almost get away with it under Steve Bruce in the Championship that season. We nearly went up because we did have such a good squad compared to a, a lot of the teams that we were playing against. I'm not convinced, although I think we've got a good t- a good team, I'm not convinced the whole package of the team is, is good enough to play off the cuff. And, and it isn't because we're not we're, we're not far superior than all these teams that, that, that we're playing against. If we're playing off the cuff, we're not we're not miles better than Leeds to, mm. to go and get away with doing that like we like we were in, in the championship. So mm. it's just it's just not coming together. And <coughs> yeah. so Gerard said we turn the corner. And I, again, I I mean everything Gerard says at the moment is going to get scrutinised. He's not popular. He's mm. gonna he's gonna get panned for everything he says, which which is a little bit unfair because I, again when he's saying we've turned the corner. I don't think he's saying we're this swashbuckling finished finished article that's going to go and, and finish top half of, of the league. I think he's saying we've turned a corner defensively because we've solided it up. And then the next thing we need to do now is try and get find a balance and make ourselves better better going forward. Hmm. But I just can't see how that's going to happen because in the entirety of 2022, I feel like we are talking about the same things all the time. 
Yeah, and yeah, you know, what what anything like I said, anything Gerard says is going to be scrutinised. And if he said, "Oh, we're a million miles away from where we want to be," you know, he'll get scrutinised for that. Um, it, it's one of those things. Every single thing gets analysed, overanalyzed. So I don't pay too much attention to that. But what I do pay attention to is what's happening on the pitch. And you're right; it's off the cuff, it's chaotic, whatever you want to call it. It's not working. And you know, people will say, "Well, you know, we've we've managed to get what five points from the last three games, or whatever." I think it is. Most would have taken that. Yeah, but but but, really but, but but actually, you need to take a step back, and I think this is where fans need to demand more. I think most fans are, are on the same page, but we've taken eight points from eight games. Yeah, that's uh, poor. And on the face, we think that's poor, but it's not the worst start. You know, you win a game, you win a couple of games, you you push right at the table. But you look at the fixtures we've had, you look at the teams we faced as well. You know, apart from Man City, where we did really well and probably the, our best performance of the season, probably. Um, that's the only game I've enjoyed so far this season. Yeah, apart from that, you know, we've played. Let's look. Let's look. Okay, we played a Bournemouth team that got panned nine 0 a week or so afterwards, and one of the worst teams in the league. We've played Everton, who at the time were one of the worst teams in the league. West Ham, massively struggling again, being one of the worst teams in the league. Um, who else have we? Played? I forget now. Southampton, you know, we beat them, but it was a that was a bloody hard work to to win that game. Palace, Crystal Palace haven't uh, done great. So haven't done great apart, apart from being us. I don't think they've won the game, have they? Um, from memory, or maybe they've won a couple. Of, I'm not sure, but they haven't done that amazingly well apart from us. Leeds were there for the taking again. You know, they they weren't fantastic at all. Um, even with eleven men, I didn't think they were that great at, at all, and and were there for the taking. And really, when you look at it and you analyse it, you think there's so many missed opportunities there. And there will come a point in time where we'll regret that because we'll, we'll have, again, have a hard run of games where we'll play three or four difficult teams. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll struggle to get points. And, you know, getting one point, one point a game in these games, in the, the teams that we face, in the position they're in, in the context of where we, we're facing them, is, is bad. And my worry Arsenal now, as well, who are obviously top, but that was a yeah, it yeah, wasn't oh, a good sorry. performance again. Yeah, again, it wasn't a good performance. If we got battered. Too, uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Arsenal, yeah, that, no, that's fair enough. Actually, I forgot about that game, but still, I, th- I still think we should be more, more than eight points. My my worry is, you know, we'll continue to play this brand of football, which which is which is fine. At least it's something. You know, it's better than nothing. It's better than being stubborn and trying to play the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. But it's not sustainable, though. Is it's it? not sustainable. It's not. You can't do that across a whole season. No, no, you, you I just can't. I don't know what you think. It seems like on the face of it, the players are committed. They're winning. Like that first half, why I thought we played well was we we're winning second balls. I, you know, I thought Ramsey, a rarity for Ramsey, and, club. yeah, exactly. And Ramsey and Louise in particular, I thought were excellent in that in that first half in midfield. Um, we had fifteen shots against Bournemouth. Just flash up at the bottom of the bottom yeah, of the yeah. Spread. But we, I can't remember not. hardly any on target. Did we? I don't remember any. I don't on remember hardly fifteen shots. I barely remember two, three shots. Yeah, our xG was tiny. I was. Terrible that game. Um, was I static? Right. I could buy that at the bottom of the screen. Uh, Took me by surprise. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at you know again, yeah, eighteen shots against Leeds. But I mean, you think about it, what was the what was the clearest cut chance apart from that Ollie Watkins first half chance? I can't even the Watkins won the rebound. You know, Coutinho off of Coutinho, like you, you know, why does he go with the right foot? But it's one of those that hits the post. You don't know where it's going to fall, do you? Um, Come you just have relatively quickly. If came quickly, and, and, it's, and you know, he's he's sort of falling that way. It's coming that side again. I don't think that's a difficult chance. Actually, the one who was offside, the header, that was the one I was like, it wouldn't have counted anyway. But I was like, what is he doing? Why is he headed it over that yeah, first that half? Conzers was the worst miss of the, of the game. No one's really talked about it, but he had an open goal at the back post. The keepers missed it completely, second half, and he's he's headed it wide. That was the that was the that was the the big chance of second half. But again, you know, Bundia, you know, people will 
you know, talk about Gerard, you know, how, how Buendia hasn't played. Luis played, yes, but he has hardly featured. You know, these two players continue I mean, to Luis be... is only playing because Kamara's injured. That's exactly. And, uh, and they've been some of our brightest performers again and, and, and you know, not really get a look in. So, again, something else that, that um, fans can sort of beat him over the head with. But now we go into a game against Forrest um, and, you know, they lost four, was a 4-0 today, struggling, a team you can get at. If we go there and try and frustrate them or play the same kind of turgid football, then we're but at the we're moment. Out. I think that's what we will do. Yeah, and, and we should. And I just, I just don't want to see that. I, this is the time where these are the kind of games where you can actually try, you know, try and play the brand of football that you want. To, you know. And again, the, the noises coming out of the club is really frustrating. You know, like, you know, Gerard saying a few weeks ago, you know, I tried to do too much too soon. Perslow at the, the Villa Trust meeting saying, you know, we're we're a work in progress. Um, you know the the football the football is a work in the football philosophy or strategy or style of play is a work in progress. Can't remember if that, that is the case, uh, if that's the, if that is the case, but I, I wasn't there. I've not seen many quotes from it. So I, I mean, I don't think you're lying to me for for, for a second. But you know, if we're saying that the football philosophy is a is a work in progress, then you're not working on it if you're going back to no. basics and you're playing no. in that way. That isn't working on your new philosophy, is it? That's going and doing something completely different. Yeah, work in progress is, um, you know, you expect to see some hints and signs of progression, don't you? Like it's a dismal example here. Yeah. People are going to laugh at the example I'm about to give. You know, that first season under Paul Lambert, we started yeah. off a season, we were, we were getting panned. Yeah. But I give him his due, I could at least see what he was trying to do at that point. Mm. And later on in the season, we did get better and he did stick with that in his first season. And then by the end of the season, we had a front three of Gabby, Benteke and Vyman and we started to, started to thrive. And we did, and we did, we did well and picked up some good results. And Benteke got 23, 24 goals, whatever it was that season. But at the start of the season, we we got battered by Everton at home one against. But he, he stuck with stuck with the philosophy. This is this isn't sticking with the philosophy or trying to make a philosophy work. It's going back and doing something that's completely different, and then trying kind of like waiting till you're ready for mm. the new philosophy. But how do you get ready for the new philosophy by going back and doing something completely different? But just the, 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 all the noises come out of the club. I, I don't want to be negative. I want to, I, I want more than anything in the world for Villa to progress, for for Perslo to be the right, for Gerard to be the right man. Yeah, man, I want to do well. No, we well. all won the world. But completely, you know, if they were a work in progress, why the hell are we spending so much money on 28, 29-year-olds and paying them so much in wages when we're going to be a work in progress? So it was a wasted season last season. It's going to be a wasted season this season. Teams are going to catch up. Teams are going to go surpass us. New, likes of Newcastle, Crystal Palace, etc. It's not a work in progress. It's like a listening to a politician. Honestly, it's really, really frustrating. There's no point in buying Danny Ings. There's no point in buying um, the likes of Diego Carlos and Martinez and these players who are, you know, 28, 27, 28 years old in the peak of their careers and saying we're, we're trying to work on, on you know, we're, we're, we're trying to we're a work in progress. Yeah, you can say that about Arsenal two years ago. That is a work in progress because they're buying 21, 22 year olds. But we're buying players in the peak and paying them peak wages without any sell-on value. That's also not, don't that's recall not... us being a work in progress in the summer when everyone was talking. That's the exactly. other thing with it. Uh, yeah, last year, we're going to be much better next year. You know, players, uh, you know, we're looking to improve in key areas in the pitch, um, you know, we want real quality, add real quality to the team. You know, top seven is the aim. All this kind of noise is coming out. And now apparently we're a work in progress. Um, but at the same time, the village, trust me, they're like, oh, we didn't see the Bournemouth result coming. Yeah, well, fair enough, but it's one it's one game. It doesn't matter. 
Um, you can forgive one game. Can't you can you? forgive one game, but it's been the same for eight games, and and the noise is coming out, and the complete. You know, I just feel like a real, real disconnect. And people will say, "Well, you know, it could be worse. We were in the championship. We nearly went out of business." Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. You know, we're in so much better position. But the frustrating thing is, under Dean Smith, and and at the end of the day, I wasn't against Dean Smith being sacked. I think it probably was the right decision. I was against Gerard coming in, but at the end of the day, when when we were doing really well against Dean Smith, uh, under Dean Smith. We were looking like the best, or we could be the best of the rest, and we were looking like we we're in a real position of strength to to push on, and 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 make that next step up, and 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 buy quality. And now I look at it since then, and yeah, you know, Jack's gone, Grealish is gone, and I, I completely understand he's an irreplaceable player. But we spent good money. We've got a scout system. We've got the likes of Johan Lange, Rob McKenzie in charge, to 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 bring people in that can help, you know, ch- to replace him in a, in, a, in a way, you know, the, the, as best as you can. But you look at the team, you've got Anwar Aghazi, Bertrand Traore, Trezeguet, all gone out of the team. Is is anyone in that team now performing better than them or adding anything more than they did? I, not, I would. You can't argue that the players that we brought in are better players, although we're not functioning any better as a team. I would I would say, you know, those three have gone, let's say you've now got Buendia, Bailey and Catania. You know, they are better players, aren't they? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I, think, you know, I, I was so, so happy when we signed Bailey, for example. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I think... One, I think he's been poor. Um, he's shown flashes in this season. Um, but I also think he's not being helped at all, uh, you know, by being taken off at the wrong moments. I mean, when you play, uh, by 90, playing minutes, a, you play 90 minutes against Man City and then the next two games you've done an hour, I think it is. Yeah. And, and that game on Sunday against uh, Leeds, that was the perfect... I know he wasn't... I know he ran into a few blind alleys, but... Oh, he was, he, he still, wasn't having a good game. He wasn't having a good game, but no one was having a really good game, let's be honest. And and he still put in two decent crosses and create something and you know, had a decent shot. And and that is the game you want a, a winger. You know, that is the game you want when they're t- 10 man down. That's where we want someone who's good. You know, and Bailey is good one-on-one. You know, if, he's go, if you get him one-on-one, he is good. Um, that's the kind of game you want to give him a chance. And you take him off. Again, I don't understand. And, he, you know, he's playing this in, inverted right winger or narrow, you know, narrow number 10 or whatever. Again, not his position. So again, doesn't suit him. So I don't blame him for that. But you've got so much attacking talent there. And you're right, you know, there are on well, paper. You know I can't work out that is what we're doing anymore. I'm not no. sure whether we are doing that, whether we are 4-3-3 and they're playing a bit wider because Coutinho seems relatively wide more so than he, than he was last season. I don't we know. kind of go from having the fullbacks bombing and the central midfielders covering them off. That seems to have gone now and McGinn's back to the left-hand side, which I actually think suits him better, but then Ramsey's operating from the right, which I don't think suits him. So you've kind of created, you get rid of one problem and create a new one. It's just, I still, I, you could tell we were playing the two number 10s at times last season, obviously when it was Coutinho and Brendan there. Mm. I genuinely couldn't tell you if we're playing 4-3-3 with players playing wide or if we're playing 4-3-3 with two narrow people playing off the striker. I honestly don't know. Yeah. And again, going back to what we've said before, it'd be nice to know... Um, what they what they what they're actually working on uh, behind the scenes, but you know, we, all I see in, in the training clips is them just working on shooting. <laughs> that's it, and uh, you know, that's yeah. They, they're playing goals in training. Yeah, they're scoring absolutely. Yeah, you know, Paul Watkins is brilliant in, in training. You know, all they're all brilliant in training. But you know, the amount of times they you know, it's like cuts is there and they play a one one touch to him and he lays it off and they shoot. You know, that's all well and good in training, but in, in reality, in the real game, that's not how it works. And again, going back to what we said earlier. I don't think the players know what what positions they're playing. I think they're just it's sort of you know let's keep it compact. This is the positions we want to be in off the off the ball when we got the ball. Just do what you want, really. Uh, it doesn't look like there's anything more than that. The amount of times we have the ball in midfield and no one shows for it, even when we they were down to ten men, 
you know, the amount of times the the the, the centre backs had the ball, and no one came for it. Again, you know, we had to play. You know, we're we're relying on Konza and Ashley Young to build our play up, and that's just not. It's just never going to work. And uh, yeah, we created a few chances, but it was more out of. It wasn't out of design. It was because of bad leads play. You know, either them giving the ball away, not marking players, or you know, being a bit chaotic at the back. It wasn't because we've worked the ball through and we've played good one twos, etc. It, it was nothing like that. It was not like you know we had the. It didn't look like we had the extra man to me when we had the ball. To be honest, I don't know what you thought. At times, maybe maybe, maybe when Buendia came on, because just because he actually moves. Yeah, it's so static. Brendan, at least, he doesn't stay in one position. He doesn't stay still. He's always on the move. Brendan, looking for the ball, looking for looking for little pockets. You know, straight away he had one from range, and he that he curled just wide. That mm. that was really unlucky. But you're right on the movement. He's just so static. I think McGinn said something after the game about perhaps we could have put more crosses in the stuff. Oh, I want to say less. I want not to say again. less of that place. No, again, he just he's just hit and hope. It's not crossing crossing the ball. Unless you're Man City in the way they do it. Yeah, you got you got, got, De, got De Bruyne who's you know playing across from yeah, Haaland scoring goals from ridiculous angles, yeah, and yeah, ridiculous legs. It's, and it's no, no one, no one crossed the ball. You look, look at the way Brighton played against Liverpool. You know, I hate to go on about Brighton, but just other teams as well, Palace, whoever it is, you know, they've all got, they've all got a, a style of play. They're all Brighton working towards something. Liverpool around some lovely stuff. I mean, Liverpool yeah. are very are easier to play against at the moment than they have been. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool, I watch Liverpool and think they're a bit off the cuff at the moment as well. Swinging the yeah. ball in with crosses, they're like a, a better version of Villa yeah. at, the, at the moment. Liverpool, yeah, I, and you know all these teams. They look. I said it before. I said when I, when it was on the all the games were on Prime. I watched all the different games, and every pretty much every team just looked so well coached and play with such a play with such a quicker pace than we do. And again, I, I just don't know. It's not sustainable the way we're playing. It's all well and good playing and trying to get results in the short term, but long term you, you're going to get you're going to get found out. I do, I do think, looking at the positive side, it does benefit our defenders, the way we play now, Martinez. Obviously, we've got another clean sheet. I think Mings and Konza in particular... Suits Konza, this defensive style, I will say. He's been a hundred yeah. times better since we've gone to this back-to-basics approach. It's a bit... Just because the distances are smaller and that it's more compact, that's how we defended under, under Smith for large, for large portions of his time in the in the Premier League. And that, that was when we were talking about Konza for England and he was he was having a good time. We were defending in that kind of same way, which I'm not, I'm not against the... That some of the approach that we've that we've got defensively, I just would like to see something going forwards to feel like we're improving because I don't I don't feel like we've improved in in twelve months nearly going forward. If anything, I feel like we've managed to get progressively worse. Yeah, over and, twelve months going forward. And midfield is a, it's still a big issue for me, and I, th- I just think you know, uh, and you, you you mentioned off air about Mings and taking the captaincy of your, captaincy off him and his and his performances. I think it's, an argue, it's about you know it's not something I, I didn't agree with the way the captaincy was handled at all. Didn't like it. Didn't like it one bit. And I went on various things and said said that I, I mm. didn't like it. I'd have done things differently if I, if I was a manager. But if you just look at the single aspect of Steven Gerrard said this will help Tyrone Mings him not being captain. He's probably been our best player this season. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Tyrone Mings has been brilliant, and um, I completely agree with that in some respect. But I also think Tyrone Mings was good before when he was captain. I think he's been good for six months. Um, he was making mistakes towards the back end of last season. He did. And he, he, made, he, span, but he, he made mistakes. He, he made mistakes against Man, that Man City game. Leeds as well. He gave away three, two or three of the goals. Yeah, right I, I, do, I do. I do think he's a lot, been a lot better. Whether that's because of what Gerrard's done or in spite of what yeah, Gerrard's you, you done, you don't know, do you? You don't. You don't know causation, correlation. You know, you, you just don't know. So, from that respect, that's one thing. But I, I think the biggest issue for me is, I hate to bang on about it, but 
now you've given the captaincy to begin. You're really, really shoehorning yourselves in into a really bad position. I think, you know, I, I didn't think it was bad against Leeds. I thought actually the game suited his hustle and bustle style. But when I you think he's been better the last two games. Yeah, he has been better. But I think, again, when you're down to 10 men, well, sorry, when you were playing against 10 men, he's just the wrong type of player. You know, the one I can't remember what it was the first half or second half where he had the ball. He gets it some, so far out and there's options all down the right and left-hand side and he just chooses to shoot. Uh, and he goes wide of the goal. You know, that is the, where McGinn really frustrates you, see, where you just think, just switch on your football brain there. You know, just, you know, build the play up. Why are you shooting? We've got the ball in a good area. It, you know, that the probability of that that going in, it's so low. Um, and that that's what frustrates me. But the biggest thing for me is we really struggle in midfield to, to build the play. And we've sort of shoot up, shoehorned ourselves into now playing this sort of turgid style where we're relying on Ollie Watkins to 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 pick the ball out of nothing and then Coutinho and Bailey to feed off him. Um, and at the moment, you know, McGinn, neither McGinn or Ramsey are good on the ball. They don't come deep to, to bring the ball or pick the ball up and turn and, and create something. We're relying on Douglas Luiz to do something in midfield and it, and he's always by himself. He's got no options. And again, it makes it really difficult for us to, to build any play up or play any sort of discernible style. Um, and, you know, you can't drop him. <laughs> I know he's been subbed a lot, but you can't drop him. And and we're in a real bad position because we've said it time and time again. Ideally, you play with you play with a double pivot. You you open yourselves up going forward. You you protect your back four. You can still play in a deep, deeper style and, and and play not turgid football, but be a bit more defensive. But then you've got options going forward and a, and a be can be a bit more expansive going forward and not have to rely on on your fullbacks, especially in this. You know, we're this is a key. key Sorry, a, a particular. I'm trying to get my words out, but a great opportunity for us to to change our style of football because we've got we haven't got our first choice fullbacks, and you know we rely on them to attack. If we've got defensive fullbacks like Ashley Young and Augustinson or Konza, then that is the that is the time to then again. I hate to go over all ground, but that was the time to try something different. You know, play Dougie and McGinn as the two, and let Coutinho Bondia. Bailey and Ings or Watkins, whoever it is, try and do something in the in the front oh, four I think position. Ramsey might be helped out if we played a four two three one because then I think he can play from 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 the left in some games. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that he was very good there against Manchester City. I think he's kind of getting lost yeah. in central midfield. I, I don't, not I don't think that central midfield three is ever going to work. Of uh, Louise McGinn and, and Ramsey, I don't don't think there's enough in there to, as a combination for, for that to work. But I will say the way we set up helps literally none of them. Yeah, it doesn't let what? any of them do what do what they're good at. And, uh, my issue I have with the McGinn stuff at the moment is I think he's coming in for so much stick, like, un- unfairly, so, some horrible stuff being, being said about him, which he com- completely doesn't deserve. I think he's been better the last couple of games, and I think he, I mean, he saved a goal. At the, yeah, at the end of the game, I think defensively he's better than he than he gets cr- credit for. But then playing so defensively, we don't get to see the things that he's good at at, at all. Mm. Passing isn't McGinn's strong suit. That isn't what he's good at. As a, as, a, as a central midfielder, ideally you'd have a number six, and then you'd have a number eight in there that's a, that's a good passer as well. But Villa don't have that. Villa don't play in that way. So I think you know some of the stick McGinn's getting is completely unfair because I think it comes from the way that that, that we're set up. And I don't think he, again he has to be captain. He's taking on extra stick because he's captain. That's not his decision. You know, last season Ming seemed to be the one that was getting absolutely panned, and he and he was captain. Now he's not captain. It feels like everyone lo- loves Mings. I mean, I always have, but it feels like everyone loves Mings. And now everything seems to be on McGinn to the point where, you know, if he's not the one coming and doing the post-match interview, 
he's getting slighted. Yeah, you know, I don't that, get, I don't that, get that, that changes every game regardless. That has been this, this, that's been the case for years. That's the case. We, we, for all, we, we, we always stupid. We always need a scapegoat, don't we? Um, it's got, I think it's gone so far with 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 McGinn now. Me personally, would I would that have been my decision to make him captain? No, no. I think if you were going to change the captain, you give it Martinez because you know he's going to play every week. He's a bit a bit a bit of a leader. You know, he's he's going to the World Cup. Got a good chance of, of winning the World Cup with with Argentina in in December, December and being a big part of that. You know, to take away the pressure off the whole team and every player that's there, it's a no brainer to give him the captaincy because mm. he's going to play every week. There's no there's no discussion points there. You know, some of the reasons that Gerard gave for taking the captaincy off Mings, those criticisms could be levelled at McGinn, but that's not McGinn's fault. You know, I do think some of the stick he's getting at the moment is is incredible. You can't you can't blame him for everything. You know, and he hasn't been bad the last the last couple of games. I'm, I'm the first to say when he's when he's had a bad game because I, no. I, I actually think he's a good footballer. He's a, he's a, he could be a very useful player for Villa if Villa were a better team. I think, he, but I think the stick he's getting at the moment is completely unjust. Just the the nature of it, I think it's really 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 unfair. And like you say, there always has to be someone who's getting absolutely panned. There's various players over these. I kind of had it at one point where he was getting sing, singled out and getting some really unfair criticism. It was Mings last season. Now it seems to be McGinn. We've got, we've got to stop this. You know, if people have bad games, criticise them. I'll, I'll come on here and do it every single week. You know, there was a point where I, I said I didn't think Conta was playing well, and I thought he needed taken out for his own good. But then I can sit here and say two, three games after, I think he's improved. I think he's been good. There's people now that have set their sights on, on McGinn. People saying he shouldn't be even be at the club. Come on, that's just, that's just not right. No, I completely agree. Um, and again, I think it points to the fact I don't think the players are helped at all by the way that we play. No. Uh, McGinn, especially the midfielders. McGinn, like, I'm one of those with McGinn where I think he shouldn't have been made captain, and he should be a, not a squad player, but he should be an option for us. He shouldn't be the first name on the team sheet. He should probably start most games, but if he's not playing well, then you, you should be able to change him and making him captain. You know, he's he's not one of our best players anymore. I so, think he's put him under pressure that he doesn't. Again, play. yeah, I, I I think it was a completely the wrong decision from that perspective, and I I think. I think the games have probably suited his style of play the last few times. The last, the way that we're playing and the games that we've played in, it probably suited him. It's probably why we've seen the, the, a better version of McGinn. But the games, but long term, the way that Gerald wants to play, I don't see where I don't see how McGinn fits in that style of play. Gerard you, talks about McGinn like he's yeah, the, he a version of him. You see, I think Gerard sees something in McGinn that himself that he had himself as a player. And I don't see it. I think they're I very different it. players. I agree. I agree, and I think you know Gerard McGinn's done well for Scotland playing further forward, but again, he scored against you know League Two opposition. But I still think there's no reason why we couldn't play in that way and play him in the number ten position. You could give him, him a bit more forward. freedom to get in the box, give him more freedom forward, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. That, that would don't help re- him no end if he could do don't that. Re- don't rely on him to build up the play. Um, but again, it's the way that we play. I th- Another big issue for me is just you know just the general PR of the club as well, um, and the, the disconnect between. The fans and the club, and I've mentioned it earlier, but we, we didn't really expand on it. But you know, the post-match comments with the Archer stuff, the stuff going on with the club canceling the tour, tours for the for the fans and things like that, and just the yeah, general, right. just the general. I, I, I don't know if there's arrogance or delusions or grandeur or what it is, but I don't think the the well, Perslow and Co. Um, I don't know about the owners because we don't hear from them, but I don't think they're in touch with the fan base, the heartbeat of the fan base. I think. The majority of the fan base are are really really worried about us and um, and concerned about where we're heading. And if it was just you know if, we, if you look at the context overall, yes, we've improved most seasons and we're in the Premier League now. We look at it again compared to where we were, but in the context of what we've spent and the wages we're spending, 
and the revenue we're bringing in and the the profile of the club now, I, I just don't think it's good enough. And I don't think that I don't think Perzo sees that. I don't think he's in touch with the fan base. I think they're seeing it as well. We've got five points from three games, you know, whereas we've turned the corner. The fact the players are playing for him, but any fan looks at that team, looks at the way we're playing, they can see which way we're heading. I, I just do not see where where we're going to improve. And the, I think the the comments from from Jared after the game again were big big eye opener for me. You know. He's obviously gone to the Steve Bruce of PR. I think you know the, the I get the same kind of feeling. I know we talked earlier about everything to be scrutinised, but I don't think he helps himself by being combative. Uh, no, I will I, say on the the Ashley Priest thing that I've spoken to someone who was at that press conference, and he said it was nowhere near as cutting as it as it comes across in text form. If you were there and you heard it, it was almost like a little joke because. Ashley Price had apparently asked about Cameron Archer on from Friday in the Friday press conference as well. So it was mm-hmm. almost like a follow-on from from then. The I mean the person who was who was there, everyone will know who it was anyway. But um he he said it was nowhere near. It wasn't meant as something that was cutting or to shoot him down. It was like a joke. It was done done in a in a jokey way. That's right. what that's what I've what I've been told. But I agree with some some of the stuff that that he said is is concerning. And again, one of my concerns I have at the moment. This is unfounded, completely completely my own opinion. I don't know any facts around this whatsoever. It feels like the way we're playing is more to protect Steven Gerrard than it is to build Aston Villa, kind of mm. save his reputation because we would we were lose we were lo- we were losing games and yeah. we weren't looking good. And his reputation but, if he gets the sack, yeah. it's damaged. You know, if he was to get the sack mm. now. Hmm. I think he'd have something that he could say. I got the sack when we got five points from from, from, from the last nine available. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know Stephen Gerrard. I've, I've met him very briefly once and shook his hand, but you know, I've never had a conversation with him. I don't know that. That's that's just how it's coming across to me, and I could that could be completely unfounded. I, I don't know if it's because we got spoilt with with Dean Smith and Jack Grealish being at the club at the same time, and we had a real connection with them, but. Um, maybe it's me reading too much into it, but I just don't feel that warmth from Gerard to the fan base or to the club. I don't feel like he really gets the club. I don't feel like he sees. No, I think it it's hard club. for. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I don't think it would be hard for anyone coming in after Smith. To, yeah, no, and that's, that's what that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I think maybe you know maybe uh, you know looking at looking at us with a critical eye, maybe I'm being too harsh. Well, time, I did. I did feel like he got it. Some of the stuff he was saying. I, I did. I did feel like he. he, he yeah. Understood. Maybe it's the, the, maybe it's the results and the negativity of the club. Pressure does things to people. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he is under pressure. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Um, I think you're right, and I think looking at it, looking at it, probably stepping away from it and looking at it. I think maybe it was always going to be difficult for someone to come in. No one's ever going to. Ha- we're never going to have a connection to a to a manager like we had with Dino because. They're very much unlikely going to be a Villa fan or have a close connection to the club, so it's always going to be someone distant. And maybe I'm reading too much into it because we're. It's we're all struggling. about results, isn't it? You know, obviously we were spoiled because Brian. Well, I was spoiled as a kid because you know Brian Little, John Gregory, mm. big connections to the club. I'm trying to think of successful Villa teams in in, in my time. You know, Dean Smith obviously got us promoted. You know that I would class that as as being successful again. Another mm. Villa connection. The only other successful team we've had was under under Martin O'Neill. But because mm. you're getting the results. You don't need to have the connection. Do, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. I think, and again, back to what we said right at the beginning. Uh, you know, you, you Coutinho scores that goal. I think we're talking about this game completely different. It could be exactly the same game. Could have the. Exact I think we same still have the same, some of the same concerns. Had we won the game, because we've had yeah. we've been saying the same thing all season and the back end of, la- of last season. But I think the back end of last season, we all. Well, I know I did. I thought summer's coming. We'll get things together in the in the summer. We'll, we'll be okay. 
that hasn't that hasn't been the case because it has just felt like last season never ended, and now now you know the new players are all injured. It literally is like last season all over again, and that, that's another you know that's going to be difficult for Gerard at the, mm. the moment, not having those those two new players. You know, you even have your backup left back come in and go and go off injured. You know, that that's it's going to be difficult because he has got the same bunch of players now to work with. Yeah, and I'd get that, and it's it is difficult, but I, I think that could also seen as an excuse because. In a day, you, people say, oh, you know, we've got the same bunch of players that Dean Smith had. Well, yes and no, because Dean Smith was sacked because he should have been doing better with those players, firstly. Secondly, those games where he lost, uh, you know, look at Brentford game where he lost, for example, we're missing eight players that game because of COVID and illnesses and things like that. Um, you know, that bad run that he had. Um, and we were missing players throughout that that bad run we had at the beginning of the season. You know, we, we, it was very... Actually, the Southampton game where we lost and cost him his job, I mean, it was probably one of the first games where we had our full-strength team and we had players available. But also, more importantly, what I said earlier, Dean Smith lost his job because it wasn't good enough with those players. And Stephen Gerrard is performing exactly the same with those same he players. He had a bad 2021, so, didn't he, D? Yeah, but... Realistically? Yeah, completely. I completely agree. And, you know, we're we having a bad 2022. We relied on... But we're having a bad 22. And the board expected better from these players. So why aren't they expecting better from these players now? Even, yeah, take out Kamara and Carlos aside. And in the day, Kamara's been there for all these bad games anyway. This is the first game he's missed. So I don't think you can use that as an excuse. But these players are still good enough to perform better than they are. And the board thought they were better than they are, better than what they were performing under Dean Smith. And we're doing exactly the same. So why aren't they thinking the same? You know, what, what, what is the, what's the difference? It's exactly the same players. Yet you take out Kamara and Carlos. If Dean Smith wasn't good, wasn't doing good enough with with the, those players, then how is Gerard doing good enough? I, again, uh, <clears throat> that is a, that's a, a sort of maybe a wider question, but I think I, I don't think Gerard's going to go because at the end of the day we've got five points from three games, and and in the bullseye they can see as, as we've turned the corner and the players are playing for him. And I think feels like he's a, a defeat away from just getting that. That is the issue, and is the problem, it huh? is it sustainable? That is the key. Fair enough. We go around, we beat Forest, and we go on a run. Yeah, I'll hold my hands up, and I'll be more than happy to be to be uh, wrong. You know, I'll hold my hands up, and we, we've both been plenty wrong before. So you know, oh, we've got no issues. I've made a living off being wrong. Yeah, so I've got no issues with that. You know, we've got yeah. There, there's the fixtures. You know, we've I mean, got. They aren't brilliant games. I'm going to be. I don't think in my in my opinion. No, uh, Chelsea at home. It'd be interesting. Obviously, playing against you know, the next one. They've got to go and win. They've got to go and beat Forest. Got to beat Forest. Forest well, got... could potentially have a new manager. You know, by them, it'll either be Forest have a new manager or Steve Cooper needs a win to save his job. So you, you need nine points from that game for those for those five games minimum. I think. Um, to I to unless I mean, Fulham suddenly go on a bad run, that, that's I don't think that's an easy game. Yeah, but again, it's just backup players, Adam. I, I just um, we talked about it earlier, but I just really worry that we're gonna. We're going to wait and wait and wait and wait. And we're going to end up in a position where Rogers goes, where Steve Cooper goes, where obviously the Wolves are looking for a boss now. You know, we're going to be in a position where we're going to end up in a position where we're last, last to pull the trigger and we're, we're, we're sort of feeding off the, the you know, whatever's remaining. And uh, we're not going to be able to get our pick of a pick of a good manager. You're and, saying nine points there. Where are they coming from? I've been trying the three, Forest, Fulham and Brentford are the three games I think we should we could, be winning. We can't we could do it. We could, doesn't matter whether Brent, Brentford could send out their under-11s. We can't beat Brentford to save our lives. Oh, God. <laughs> Stop depressing. I've, 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 I've automatically written that game off already as we, uh, we might get to draw if, if we're lucky. But yeah, we'll, we'll probably get five points from that game, from those five games. And we'll be 13 points from 13. And 
uh, we'll then maybe look at getting rid of Gerard and Pochettino will be gone. And uh, it's that thing, isn't it? Now you have Wolves suddenly get a bounce off a new manager. They'll, they'll, like, like we got, you know, undoubtedly, I think one of the things that kept us up last season was bringing Gerard in because we got that bounce initially. Yeah, and it, yeah, we we get three or four wins from his first eight or nine games. You know, I think ultimately, I think that probably was what stopped us from being in a re, in a relegation battle last season. Just picking up those results when when, it, when he first came in, oh, I don't know. It's it's a worrying time. It, nothing, it just doesn't feel settled at all, does it? That's that's the problem. I'd have liked to have been at this point. You know, got off to a solid. I don't, I don't expect the world, but, you know, mm. but had the preseason. Get off to a, sol- a, a solid start. Feel like you're moving in the right direction at this point because you have had that summer where you've worked and everything. Mm. Too much will get put on Bill leaving. I didn't think we were great when Bill was there. No. In, in, in all honesty, and yes, he's doing a good job at, at QPR. We'll never know whether it, we would be sat here in a better position if, if Bill was, was still here. But that's the other thing I don't like. I just don't like that an assistant manager leaving can make... Or is, is something Again, that's something Gerard spoke about, that it's been disruptive and it's made a big difference. Should it make the huge amount of difference that it seems to have done that people are saying it has? I don't, I don't, I don't like. That's not normal. That's not normal. That's not how any other football club would would be operating. We're not, we're not behaving like a, a modern football club, are we? Um, this, you know, the the face of Gerard with the coaching staff doing all the work. It's something from a bygone even era. Sport, even the director of like the sporting director, it doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. Do, do you know what I mean? Does that he doesn't fit Gerard, in my opinion. No, he doesn't fit Gerard. I don't think he fit Dane Smith, really, if I'm, if you, I'm being brutally honest. Yeah, I mean, if you watch, like, let's look at Edu, for example, at Arsenal. Fits. And I, I know we see, I know we, we get the privilege of seeing what happens and with the documentary, and uh, but he fits. He it's gets all aligned, club. isn't it? It's all aligned. And, and, you know, if we had someone like Tommy Hitzersberger, for example, uh, I'm not saying he would do a better, better, better no, job, whatever, but at least he gets the club and he gets... Friend, all, get him in, that would help me. Help me yeah. no end. Yeah, no, do yeah, it, let's get, do it. We'll get loads of interviews, won't we? Um, yeah. But, um, you know, there's someone like that or, yeah, just someone who gets the club or even someone who's well-established. And, you know, Ken... Uh, this isn't a dig at Langer, by the way, but I just... I, you know, if we had a, for example... I'm, I'm losing. I'm, I'm, I'm getting frustrated here. It's but, a very uh, basic way of looking at things here. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, we had a I'm Scandinavian just... manager and Langer was the... Was the yeah. You know, it makes sense, doesn't it? It fits. Yeah, let's not hope we don't get Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in. Um, no. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, we're behaving... One... one, one one respect, we're behaving like a modern football club and, and like an ambitious club in terms of the money that we've spent, what we're trying to do behind the scenes and the noises behind the scenes. But it, it doesn't like flow through in terms of we're not, we're not, we've not, we've, we've sacked Dean Smith, who's got us up. And then we've gone for a rookie manager. We've gone for a sporting director from a place, uh, from a, a, a league where he was, Spending a million pounds per play and trying to turn into seven eight. He's a relative pounds. rookie, isn't he? In, in, He's a relative you know, in rookie in, in the Premier really, in terms of football terms. Exactly. So at the minute, one minute you're, you know, it's like it's like taking over a FTSE one hundred company, and installing, you know, the lo- local post office manager as your CEO. You know, it's it's that kind of mentality. It doesn't fit. You know, you're. You're trusting a, pl- a a man who, yeah, he's done well. He's got a good track record in terms of at that level. In you're trusting in Scandinavia, but you're trusting a man with a multi-million pound business spending multi-million pounds, hundreds of million pounds a year on players, on assets. At the end of the day, to someone who doesn't have experience, it doesn't make sense. Surely you you look at t- a tried and tested, or you look at someone who's shown glimpses or even a track record in in that kind of field or that kind of area. And we and the two key positions where we're on the footballing side where we've done that 
we haven't we we've we've gone for rookies and again it points to a flawed strategy or something not working it doesn't quite make sense and you know going forward whether we we need to do a try and trust it i'm not sure and then off the pitch things like you know socios and the t- season ticket prices and what's happened with the tours and it's just things like that there seems like i don't know there seems Something seems off. Am I, am I reading yeah, too no, much into it? Because yeah, it's it's, it's, no, I'm, I mean, I'm not enjoying this at all because I'm thinking of new things as, as we're talking that I don't feel, oh, they fit right to me. You know, even Neil Critchley coming in. Okay, he's worked with, he, Gerard knows him because he's, he's been at Liverpool, but, you know, he's been Blackpool manager. Hmm. Did well. I'm, I'm not disputing that. You know, he's, he comes highly rated as well because he's got that qualification that only about 15 people have got. You know, so he comes with some, some pedigree, but he's worked with Liverpool Academy and a Blackpool first team, and then that's hmm. it. You know, is that the right kind of person to be to be coming in and, and working with the first team day to day? And you know, sounds like he has a heavy say and and carries a heavy load. With that, this is me speculating. I don't I don't know the answers to these questions, but even that doesn't really fit. You know, nothing nothing seems nothing seems to fit. This just I don't know. It just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right at the, at the moment at all. And it's it's not a good place to be in when you when you're feeling in that way. Now things behind the scenes might be might be really rosy. I'm, I'm sure they're probably not. But you know that there could be. I, I don't know. But you know, even we talk about Langer as the as the as the sporting director. You know the deadline day signings, Dendonka and Bednarek. You know we could have probably signed them at any point. Again, point points, the, points, really. points to something not right. Bednarek's coming because you know Diego Carlos. Yeah, yeah, but, but we said we said a trans, transfer deadline day. You know, we did the pod yeah, that Bednarek. You sort of that's fine given what's happened to Carlos. But has Dendonka been identified? I mean, he didn't even get on yesterday. Has Dendonka yeah, been identified? Gerard, as throughout, throughout the summer, he's talked about quality and adding, you know, a real presence in there, adding real quality in midfield. Is Dendonka the guy they looked at at the beginning? I don't think so. And the outside again, is, point, which is something I think we've been lacking. But I'm not yeah, convinced he's going to play. I'm, I'm sorry, but. Put Peter Crouch in there, you know, it doesn't matter. Size is one thing, but you need quality. And I, I'm happy, I'm not saying he's a bad player, I think no, it's, no, it could no, be, it could be a stew signing, but, but again, it doesn't, it feels like something's not married up because the owners are uh, Perslow and Gerard were talking about top seven just a few months before the transfer window. And then suddenly you look at the way we behave in that transfer window in terms of the money spent. The top seven thing almost feels like something that I'm starting to doubt whether it was actually said. Oh, we've definitely said. It was definitely said. It was definitely definitely said. It was. It wasn't in terms of like this. I don't think they were looking at it this season, but I think that was that's the aim. Yeah, yeah, that's the aim. Yeah, they they weren't saying top seven this season, but they definitely said they wanted to finish top half this season and they wanted to add real quality and 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 the players. You know, Gerard said them a number of times when we had bad performances at the end of last season, where he said, "If the players aren't good enough, we'll get better players." I don't know if you remember that. He said yeah, no, those, pretty much said those words. He that. said quite a few often, and, and we was definitely hinting at we're going to get big names. And in the preseason interviews, after we'd signed Kamara, after we'd signed Carlos, he said, we need more quality in midfield. He said that, 100% he said that. And and signing Dunker on deadline day doesn't, doesn't marry up to what he said. Again, whether it's the owners of lost faith, whether... You know the owners are looking at someone else, a way they don't trust. Just the case money. of signing someone because we were we didn't start well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. I think I just doesn't make doesn't make sense. I mean, I'd be interested to see what what the listeners think and um, the viewers think, and and I'd be I'd be interested to see the comments post post this pod because. Yeah. Am I being too negative? Are we being too negative? Are we really? Too, being, I don't think I've been. We're not particularly negative people. No. I wouldn't admit. Oh, not my headphone out. Me in general, you know, I've never, I've never been negative, but uh, never. I feel like there's there's something not right at Villa at the moment. I, this isn't me having it in for anyone at all because no one would be happier than me. Yeah. Stephen Gerrard does well, but please do. I would, I would, I'd love to say that, but 
just what I'm saying isn't translating to feeling like we're moving forward or heading in the right direction at the moment. And there's been nothing in 2022 that's made me think we're heading in the right direction in the main. There's a couple of results here and there. The Leeds going away last season, Southampton at, at home. But other than that, I've not sat there at any point and thought, I know I can see where we're going here. I can see see what we're doing. And people will talk about Arteta was given time and look at them now. They look they look brilliant at mm. the moment. But you know, what an FA Cup in his first half of the season. <laughs> yeah. Forget a pretty good that. start. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll take a struggling win in the FA Cup. Yeah. So I'm just laughing. Someone said we need we need Pogba's witch doctor. <laughs> Craig Francis. That's made me laugh. Uh, but just yeah. wanna... It feels like we're cursed, doesn't it? It feels like we're... I don't know. It feels like we take one step forward, two steps back. Um, I just don't know where we're going. Like, I really. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I think, you know, I said before the pod, let's talk about the match and let's not try and to go wrong. But... but you know, we, we talked about the match as it much as we can. It all merges into one at the but moment. It merges into one, but it, I feel like we're talking the same things over and over again. And it's really difficult to to move away from that because it's the same issues time and time again. And until something changes, I think we're going to... These pods, you might as well... Adam might as well record these pods and just put them out uh, again and again because I think we're just going to be talking about the same... Yeah, you would love it. Singing his pajamas there. I wish you guys could see. Don't <laughs> shame him with his pajamas. I think I might have I'm not sure. What? what? A bit early for Christmas, mate, isn't it? I know. <laughs> Can I did. Turns. I did. Uh, oh, he's showing us. What are they? Uh, well, I don't want to see a crotch. No one mate. else. No one else. Jesus, those are completely useless. Oh content. my god. Um, I did watch my first Christmas movie last week. By the way, no, getting the bin Omar. Oh, what? What's wrong Terrible with that? shout. It's October the third. <laughs> no, Darwin's usually has his Christmas tree up by now. His Christmas tree will be going up in the, in the next twenty-four hours. I would think Darwin's oh, always got, got his Christmas tree up. I think Dolan, Dolan, Dolan. If you're listening, mate, you need some joy. So if we're, if we're talking point. about Dolan's Christmas tree and Adam's pajamas, it's probably time to go. <laughs> and, uh, that chat didn't really go the way I anticipated it would. You know, come away with more questions and answers as as we normally do doing these things. But there's there's a few things to ponder, a few things to think about off the back of that chat. I think I would say, yeah. Uh, Ian Abrams has enjoyed it. He enjoys he enjoys everything. More about where um, my biggest question is: where Adam got his pajamas from? That's my um, biggest question. No, I'm going Matalan. Like he's a Matalanga. Is it Matalanga? Yeah, well, the one Matalanga. one near Villa Park and the and the roundabout, that one. Is there? I don't even know. Do you know that? I've never, even, you... I've never even noticed it, if there is. Ever dr- do you drive in and we get the train in? Drive. You never noticed the uh, roundabout near the uh, A5127? Oh, I don't come that way. Don't come that uh, way. Ah, you come, you come from... Way. Do you come literally A3, A38 straight into yeah, Villa? Yeah, 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 you don't see it. It's in ta- from, from town, you go that way. Okay, now it's all about Matalan. It's definitely time to go. But thank you for joining me, Omar. I did enjoyed it in a weird way. But yeah, we've I don't know what we've done there. I, I, I won't sleep now. I got COVID anyway, so I feel terrible. But you know, I'm going to sit there tonight now, pondering all the stuff that we've spoken about. Yeah, well, I've just they're... come back. From, I've just come back from football, so I'm I'm wired. So yeah, I could, I could talk for another. I could talk about it for another hour. To I be don't honest. think we. Like, I don't think anything we said there was harsh or no. digging anyone out or having having a pop. But you know, I, I think to think about. We're both positive. I'm. I, you know, I I predicted top seven for us last season. Uh, you know, I'm I'm I positive. Trying. I'm a positive guy, um, but I just don't. I just don't know where, where. I don't see any anything that points to any sort of glimmer of hope. I think the w- one thing you take is that it looks like the players are playing for Gerard. Uh, they are. I've been told that they're, they are. They're, they're putting in the effort, and I think they they want to do well for him. So from that, they like him. The players like Gerard. I can, but, I can tell you that's that's genuinely true. But in modern football, you know, maybe 15 years ago, that could enough but i think in modern football you're still going to get found out by modern methods and modern coaches playing modern tactics i think it's a different ball game uh to, to use a pun i think um 
is what all are good playing against you know, the lower quality opposition in the league. But when you come up against better opposition, I think you'll, you'll definitely get found out. Yeah, we like, we played Louise as a six against Leeds. We played Louise as a six against a good team. Not not knocking Louise, I'd be very complimentary of him the entire season. Yeah, we'd we'd get ripped rip to shreds because hmm. he's not yeah. number six. No, no, no. Yeah. I think Forest is a massive game for me. Massive game. We've got. We have to win. Um, we yeah. have to win to to have any chance of doing anything this season. We have to win that game. We just don't. I, don't, I think the fans. I think a big worry in the fan base at the moment. It's having last season was just such a waste, and it was we were just waiting for it to end. We were mm. probably never really going to go down after Christmas, but we were never really going to do anything either. And there would have been a good, an easier opportunity to finish eighth, ninth last season because it wasn't a high standard of Premier League. I think it's a, a higher standard. I think it's a better team in the league this season in general. Team, the teams are better, better quality. It's a strong Premier League. But we, if we just end up having another season like last season, it can be a little bit soldier strong. I don't think. To be on the realms of possibility that we get dragged into something this season at the moment. No. I'm not saying anything that's telling me that you can be confident we won't be in trouble this year. No, not, not at all. Not, not at all. I, I, I don't think that's you being negative. I think it's being realistic. You get eight points from eight games. I would say, if you had to say to me, are we more likely to push towards the top half or are we more likely to be embroiled in a relegation battle? I'd say the relegation battle at the moment. Mm. Which is an absolute travesty given the players that we've got, even with the injuries. Yeah, it shouldn't be happening. But it could. What a, what a note to finish the pod on. Yeah, there you go. If you weren't down before, I've ended it there brilliantly. Let's talk about Adam's pyjamas again just before we go. No, that'll do us longer than I anticipated it was going to be. But yeah, good chat. Um, thanks very much for coming on and talking to me. Thanks ever so much for tuning in as well. Fair play to you that are still awake at 20 past 11 at night. Hopefully some people will come back and watch this podcast as well. Thanks to Purity for continuing to sponsor us. The code hashtag VillaView gets you 10% off everything they have to offer. We'll be here for a match preview at some point. Villa obviously playing on Monday next week. So, yeah, look out for that. Subscribe with your post notifications on and you'll know exactly when that's coming. Only one thing left to say, up the Villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.